0: Hey everybody, it's Pastor G. I love y'all. I appreciate you. Hey, welcome to the virtual online worship experience this morning. I'm excited that you're with us. I'm excited that you brought somebody with you I'm excited that you guys are still hanging out with this man. We create those relevant moments where broken and hurting children. Ah, I messed up. We create those moments where broken and hurting people are restored back to their rightful place in God. It must be the fact that my sidekick is not with me for the next week. Man, two weeks, she's not with me. She's just kind of getting a rest, y'all, and y'all know how it goes, but she's going to be back with us, man. Uh, y'all keep your hands stressed out for a uh, Pastor Cheney, I love you. I appreciate you. Last Sunday, we opened up our new series called Recommit the mission of discipleship. What an amazing lesson we taught on last week on how Jesus comes, calls out to the disciples. And he says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. We started out with that theme scripture there in Matthew 9, chapter, uh, chapter 9, verses 37 and 38, where he says, then he says to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers, the laborers are few. Therefore, I beseech you, that you seek god that you seek the lord to send out workers into his harvest father we thank you for this word today let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thine sight O god let it be my strength and my redeemer in jesus name i pray now as you put your hand over your ear that every ear is prepared to hear and to receive This word of God in Jesus name, we pray. Amen. Amen. I love you. I appreciate you. Come on now. Doing what needs to be done isn't good enough. Doing what needs to be done should be the first thing and only thing that we do all the time. I want to say that again. Doing what needs to be done isn't good enough. Doing what needs to be done should be done and should be the first thing and the only thing that we do all the time. Yours truly. (laughs) I like when God really speaks to me when we think about it. The priorities of discipleship. We're in this season and I pray that you had a chance to really reflect on those sermon reflective moments that we had from last week of what it is to be a follower of Christ knowing that when you're following Christ, it causes you to be dedicated to the chase of what's around you, the pain, the hardship, and then understanding that our development in Christ is simply a reflection of what is being produced out of us. And then we talked about that. My destiny in Christ is to share my testimony and my experience. I want us to have another reflective moment today as we talk about this movement, this movement of discipleship this this moment in our world where we can look around and begin to think about what are some things that we need to prioritize as a disciple of Christ, what are some things in my life that God really wants me to begin to prioritize, what are some things in my life that will cause me to become better? that will cause me to settle myself. And when we think about it, when we look at that word priority, and it's something that is requiring or meriting attention prior to doing what? To competing alternatives. My priority is to understand that, there always, that there's always going to be competing alternatives. I want to pause right there parenthetically and just simply ask your question what are the competing alternatives that distract you from prioritizing your discipleship jesus talks to his disciples and he says i want to make you fishers of men i want to teach you what it is to follow i want to teach you what it is to be developed and manufactured and i want to i want you to become the greatest Uh, winner. I want you to become the greatest father, mother. But then after we learn those principles, you've got to understand that the flesh, the mind, the job, the career, the talent, the gift, the grace, you're going to have some competing alternatives that will challenge your priorities. What are your priorities? What do you have them in order? Do you know what is really uh, meaningful in your life today that will cause you to prioritize it so much that you will shut the door to the competing alternatives. When we think about it, what are some things that you and I uh, prioritize in life, marriage, family, children, our money, our career, our businesses? Uh, we, we, we're placing now a, a great emphasis on uh, education and financial reform and uh, uh, health fitness, uh, living well, learning to to not just eat, but we're we're learning because we understand that we can't just eat to live. We've got to live so that we can eat another day. (laughs) If I can say that the right way, I probably jacked it up and body trace fit is probably going to be all over me for that. But you got to understand that there are things that we prioritize that are very important. We talked about it. Our family, our children, our finances, our health, our businesses, our relationships, and then we even prioritize people and things that don't really matter. We can prioritize the competing alternatives. I remember there were moments in my life um, where where I settled on prioritizing the competing alternatives, the distractions, the anger, the unforgiveness. Nobody's helping me. Nobody's here. And I'm all by myself. And those are competing alternatives. you got to be able to focus in. You've got to have, you've got to have your eyes set on the prize. Prioritizing discipleship today is what we're going to be talking about. I want you to just simply say, I am a follower of Christ. I want you to hashtag that today. I am a follower of Christ. You guys heard me sing that song. I want to be a follower of Christ. I'm not going to sing it today. Um, But when you think about it, what are some things that we need to do to prioritize our discipleship? Our discipleship to our community our discipleship to our family, our discipleship in this movement. We in this movement that we're having, this Black Lives Matters movement um, that we're having in our community today. As fathers, we've got to prioritize what it means to be a father again. We've got to prioritize what it means to be that constant father. I'm going back to Father's Day. We've got to we've got to be available. We've got to teach what it is to be appropriate in our living. We've got to be reflective. In being and being providers and perfect and, and protectors to our children today. I want to talk to you today about some things that Jesus prioritized in his life that he was able to teach the disciples. Jesus is now the teacher. Jesus comes on the scene, and we constantly hear him saying that I only do and I only say what my father says. I can only do what my father has already done. Jesus is now teaching us what it is to be that student. He's teaching his disciples of what it is to be the pupil. Jesus has already been the pupil because now he's now in the earth and now he's the teacher. And so everything that we're going to talk about today is going to be a reflection of how Jesus is teaching and how he prioritizes discipleship. What does it mean to be that disciple? When we think about it, Jesus, the true disciple, when we think about it, he prioritizes his life. I like what Luke. I like what Luke uh, 6 and 40 says. A pupil is not above his teacher. But everyone after he is fully trained will be like his teacher. A pupil is never above his teacher, but everyone after that that has been trained will be like his teacher. Jesus is saying to us that if you will prioritize these areas in your life, you'll become like me. You'll you'll be the teacher. You won't just be the student. You'll you'll be the teacher. You'll be the master of being a fisher of men. You'll be the master of what it is to maintain the mission of of discipleship. What were some things that Jesus did to prioritize um, his life as being a student to his father? Because Jesus is the perfected student of what we see when it comes to being a true disciple. Are you saying that Jesus was a disciple? Yes, everybody's a disciple. Whether you're discipled by a parent, whether you're discipled by a football coach, whether you're discipled by a financial guru, you become a disciple to who's ever teaching you. Uh, if, if you're being taught to eat wrong, you become a disciple to gluttony. You become a disciple to poverty. You can become a disciple to laziness and, and, and unbelief and doubt just as you become a disciple to being faithful. You become a disciple of, of, of God's healing and his power. Here we are. We're looking at the life of Jesus Christ. And he says it again in Luke 40, a pupil is never above his teacher. Jesus teaches us that he was never above his father. He teaches his disciples that he was never in a place where he was training his father. He says it, that I'm only here because my father sent me here. I'm only here to do the will of my father. Let's get right into it. Jesus, number one, he was a student of God's word. At an early age, we can we can find Jesus in the temple teaching. We can find him sitting at the feet and listening at those who were teaching in the temple, the priest. He becomes a, he becomes a student of his father's word, God's word. How, how can we see that? We can see that being reflective over in Matthew 4 and 4, where Jesus fights off the enemy. He's on a 40-day fast, and the enemy comes to him, and he says, Why don't you take those stones? Come on now. Why don't you take those stones and turn them into bread? Matthew 4 and 4, it's Jesus' reply. He answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus is now teaching the disciples that as I was tested and tried uh, in, in my time, in the 40 days, in the 40 nights where I could have turned the stones. Come on now. It, it wasn't the issue of him turning the stones into bread. The issue was, is that sometimes uh, when you prioritize your discipleship, the mission of discipleship is that we are to be able to fend off some things in our life that will cause us to deal with the competing alternatives. What were the competing alternatives that Jesus had to deal with on his 40 day fast? He was hungry. He was thirsty. Uh, his body was saying, I'm ready to eat. That's a competing alternative. When, when you know, if you're like me, you're, you're, you're doing better and you're trying to not eat after a certain time and you stay up after a certain time and you get hungry and you want that ice cream or you want that candy bar, you want that sandwich. The competing alternative says it's okay. Don't worry about it. You can go back to, uh, doing your fast on tomorrow. Jesus says, no, um, a man shall not live by bread alone. I, I'll remain hungry because 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 out of my mouth, every word that proceeds out of my mouth, it will cause the word of God to live in me. God is going to bring me through. Man shall not live by bread alone. But here it is out of his mouth, out of his mouth, every word that proceeds. Out of his mouth is the word of God. Out of the mouth of God, he says. Not only do we see that, but Jesus uses the word of God to instruct the disciples. He says, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to do what? To observe all that I command you. All that I command you. So he's a student of God's word. He's using the word of God or he's prioritizing the word of God in moments in his life that may challenge his discipleship, that may challenge him to falter or to to lean to the competing alternatives. If you don't have the word of God in you, you'll fail and you'll fall to the competing alternatives. What are some of the competing alternatives? Um, you're you're trying to remain focused and and so you know that you shouldn't be on your computer after a certain amount of time and late at night because the competing alternative says, go and look at pornography, go and do online shopping, go and do some things that you should not do and go and look up an old boyfriend or your bae or boo from back in the day on Facebook. The competing alternatives will always challenge your priorities in life. Jesus teaches his disciples, as he says, the pupil is never above the teacher. Those that will be trained, but everyone after he is fully trained will become like the teacher. The teacher is saying that if you prioritize the word of God, you'll be able to fight off the competing alternatives that says, turn the stones in the bread when you're fasting, when you're focusing. Number two, Jesus understands that as he moves, he teaches us what it is to be a student of honor towards his father. At an early age, we can see here that Jesus committed himself to honoring his father. I like this when I grew up, my father always used the scripture. He says, children Obey your parents in the Lord. Honor your father and mother for this is right. It is one of the first commandments that are given in the Bible. He chooses to teach us that his priority, if I'm going to be a disciple, if I'm going to be a pupil of my father, if I'm going to be a student, if I want to be like my teacher, I have to learn what it is to honor the teacher how do we honor the teacher? When you go to high school, you learn how to honor your teacher because you listen. You respect what they're teaching you. You do your homework. You bring in a report and you make sure that you've done your study. You make sure that you're applying yourself in such a way that it brings honor to what they have taught you, what they have given to you. You honor their intellect. You honor their wisdom and you you honor all of the things that they've mastered that they're teaching you. Jesus says that That if we're going to be fishers of men, that if we're going to re-engage, re-commit to the mission of discipleship, that discipleship without honor is nothing. It's to, to walk in Christ and you don't honor the Father. To, to, to walk and live in life and you dishonor your mother and father. I know that they might have abandoned you. I know that they probably have done some things to you that you just didn't like, but we have to honor. Honor is something that is given. Honor is something that we give. Honor is something that we're taught. you got to learn how to honor those that are teaching you, those that are putting, putting things in your life. Jesus says, That if you want to prioritize your discipleship, I want to show you what I did. I've learned how to honor my father. How did I learn how to honor my father? Jesus teaches the values of honoring his father by saying this in Matthew 22 and 37. He says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. I'm going to honor God with all of my heart. With all of my soul, with all of my mind, with every fiber of my being, because when I honor him, it causes me to understand that my honor for him gives him the highest recognition that is needed in life. When you honor someone, people are drawn to what is being honored. Come on now, when you think about that, when you honor your mother and father, people do what? They come and they celebrate the years of marriage, they come and they celebrate the anniversary and when you're honoring a brother or sister for their birthday what do people do they come and they celebrate honor brings celebration we've got to prioritize our lives in such a way that we don't allow honor to be confused with the competing alternatives of strife Envy, jealousy, um, complacency. We we have to honor the voice of God. We've got to honor. We've got to honor ourselves, our identity, our worth, and our value. I'm talking to my young ladies right now. The priority of discipleship in your life is that you're going to honor your single, your single life. You're going to honor your body and your celibacy. You're going to honor your commitment that you're just not going hook up with some jackleg dude that only wants to just get you in. The bed. I'm talking to my young men right now. You're you're going to honor your seed, and you're not just gonna be a dad all over the world getting girls pregnant and walking around smoking weed and doing all the other crazy stuff. You're going to honor yourself so much that you understand that when I honor who God has called me to be, and when I can honor God for who He is, I'll learn how to I'll learn how to honor myself. I know that probably was a little harsh because some of us struggle in those areas. I had my own struggles. I, I had to learn how to honor my father. I had to learn how to honor God. I had to learn what it was to honor God through my marriage. I had to learn what it was to honor God through my children. I, I had to, and I'm learning and I'm still learning how to honor God in my fitness and my health. That graves, you can't eat the ice cream right now. You, you got to just... You got to just let it go. You you got the rest of the year. But during this season, I need you to honor the God, the creator. I need you to honor him in such a way. Number three, Jesus was a student of prayer. First of all, he was was a student of what? He, he, He was that student of the word of God. He becomes the student of honor. And then now he becomes a student of prayer prayer. I I remember my father waking me up real quickly here. I remember my dad. I call him the Rev. Uh, He's our spiritual father of the Rock Church. We love you, Rev. Um, Just celebrated a birthday uh, a week or so ago. And uh, I remember my dad waking us up in the summertime to go to 5 a.m. prayer. And my dad uh, was working as one of the disciples, as one of the workers, partners with uh, the late uh, Bishop William T. Sawyer and the Christian Tabernacle Center where they had a 24-hour church. And my dad um, partnered with them, and his shift was the 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. shift. And during the summertime, he would wake us up to say, hey, we getting out of here and I would be so upset. Why? Are we getting up to pray? And then when he wasn't doing that, he would wake us up in the morning at 5 a.m. And we would go to prayer. Then it got worse. He hooked up with the late Charles Branch. And he and Charles Branch would go down to the church. And they would say, we're going to do 5 a.m. morning prayer. It would be me and my brothers down there praying. And I would be so upset. Because it's the summertime. The competing alternatives that I want to just sleep in you know, I, 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 the, the summer job is over and dad is saying it's time to pray. Jesus is showing his disciples that his priority is to be a student of prayer. A, a student of prayer, when we think about that, Jesus spent most of his time on earth in prayer. It was a priority. Uh, uh, the, the priorities of discipleship is that we must be students of prayer. We must love the places of prayer when we think about it and those competing alternatives that we have, um, I can pray tomorrow. I can pray the next day and I'll get to prayer and I'm too busy right now and I just really don't have time. Rock Church, y'all remember it. All it takes is five minutes a day. All you got to do is just wake up. When you wake up, grab your phone, look at your devotional and just simply pray to God. If all you know how to say every day is, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for waking me up this morning. I ask that you protect me, and I ask that you keep me, and I ask that you honor me. The more that you do that, the more that you do that, he's going to give you more to say because the goodness of God should cause you to pray. The grace of God should cause you to be a student of prayer. Jesus shows, and he's talking to the disciples here. We can see this clearly here that that Jesus teaches us about praying. It says, and when you pray, he's talking to the disciples now, and and when you pray, don't use vain repetitions. Don't use those repetitions as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will have many words. So don't be like them, for your father knows what you need before you pray for it. Your your father knows what you need. Your your father understands what you need. So you don't have to get up in the morning and, and, and try to put on a front and try to put on a facade that, you know, you're going to pray this great prayer. And uh, Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you. With our hearts bowed before you, our knees bowed down to you, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that you are the El Shaddai, that you are Jehovah-Jireh, and you don't know what it means. That's the prayers of vain repetition. You're only really praying to hear yourself. Jesus says that if you really want to learn how to be a student of prayer, if you really want to understand what it is to be a student of prayer, He says that you've got to learn how to pray so that you're not led into temptation. He's talking to the disciples now. He's at that depressed moment, that moment of anguish, that moment where he's really hurting, that moment where he's just really broken in his life right now. and He's trying to decide if he's going to take the cup. He has Peter, James, and John with him. He goes to them, and he says, and he came to his disciples, and and he found it excuse me, and he found them sleeping, and said to Peter, so you could not keep watch with me for one hour? Keep watching and praying that you may not enter temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. For one hour, you couldn't pray with me? I'm coming right down your street, Rock Church. Now, y'all know we do church for one hour. We've been doing church for one hour. Every now and then, we, we may go past, but But for one hour, you can't come sit with me on virtual church. Come on now. You you, you can't just pray with your pastor. You can't pray with mama. You can't pray with auntie. For one hour, I'm hurting. I'm broken. I'm getting ready to go to a cross and you're sleeping. How many times have we went to sleep spiritually when we should have been awakened through prayer? How many times have we been awakened? put in a place where we have fallen to the competing alternatives to turn on the TV when we could have been praying? How many times have we fallen to the competing alternatives of our priorities when we're in a moment where we're seeking God and we allow the frustration and the anger and the bitterness and the unforgiveness to pull us away and we sit and we just simply allow the temptation to pick up that phone and curse that person out? He says, don't be led into temptation for the flesh becomes weak when you don't become a student of prayer. The the flesh becomes weak when you don't allow it to pray and to seek the presence of God. Jesus is a student of the word of God. Jesus teaches us how to be a student of honor. He teaches the disciples of what it means to prioritize prayer. And then I like this. Jesus teaches us what it is to be a student of loving people. Come on, say, I got to love them. I've got to love my neighbor. I've got to treat them right. And uh, this is a really difficult one right here because I looked at my dad's life and this is why I really had a problem because my dad was loving people that did not love him. My father was loving men that cursed him out. He was loving people that, that tried to take his life. He He was loving people that that treated him wrong and and did him wrong. But, But Jesus teaches us that if we're going to engage, recommit to the mission of discipleship, that being a student of the word is not just enough, that being a student of honor, being a student of prayer, is just not enough. You can have all of these, but without love, it's nothing. You can give a million dollars every year, but if you don't love people, it really doesn't matter to God. You can build homes and houses and, and pay off people's mortgages, but if you don't love the people that you're helping, it really doesn't matter. If, if, if you're full of hate and you're full of, 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 of anger and, and, and full of malice in your heart, God is saying, I need you to become a student that learns how to love people, how does Jesus teach us how to do that? Jesus' ministry was all about loving those whom he touched. Jesus teaches the disciples the importance of loving one another. He teaches them the importance of loving their enemies. He he says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another by this all men will know that you are my disciples can i say it people know that we're disciples of christ because we learn how to love people through their issues through a multitude of issues we're able to reconcile relationships we're able to reconcile ourselves back to god even if people never speak to us and forgive us we're able to be reconciled back to the grace and the power of god to endure what are those reflective, relevant servant moments that I want us to focus in on today. We were talking about prioritizing our discipleship, recommitting ourselves to the mission of discipleship. We see it through Jesus's life. What are those reflective sermon moments today? Knowing how to apply God's word when the enemy comes to give you a competing alternative. Knowing how to look at the competing alternative and say, man shall not live by bread alone. But it's out of my mouth that the word of God will bring me through. The reflective moments in this sermon are going to allow you to do what? To honor your father. Honoring your father is the reflection of our true love for God. It was Jesus' honor that reflected his true love for his father. It was the disciples honor for Jesus Christ that reflects their true love for him, that he now comes to him and says, I don't I don't really call you disciple anymore, I call you friend. He now goes and he now says, I call you son, you're just not a servant, but you're an heir, you're a high priest, you're a part of a royal priesthood. This is what I call you when we think about those reflective, relevant, servant moments that we've heard today. Prayer is the keeper and the guardian of my heart. For out of it flows the issues of life, my prayer life. It guards the issues of my heart. It guards the issues that flow out of my life every day. I'm I'm broken and I'm in a situation where I just really just want to vent. but because I learned how to pray, it will guard the issues of my heart. What are those reflective, relevant, servant moments that I really want you to focus in on today? Love is the one Uniting bond That draws people to Christ Loving one another Loving one another When we've been mistreated Loving one another When we see that a man is killed Because of a knee being put In his neck Loving one another When black African American Fathers are being Shot unjustly Loving one another when we can see that there are moments in our life that we're being persecuted because we love God. Because we want to see better for our children and we want better education for our children. We have to learn that love is the common denominator. I'm going to ask
1: you that question today. What's your priority is the same. Are you going to be that student that learns the word of God, student of the word of God? Will you learn how to all the time with your honor for the Father, Jesus Christ? Will you learn how to be that student that you seek your daily? Will you learn to become that student that loves unconditionally? That learns how to love through the name of the persecution? I want you to lift your hands to be a father and thankful for the word of God. We thank you that the blessing of the Lord rests upon us today and that we learn how to fight all the time our mission is to be a disciple of God. Our mission today, Father, is that we understand that Jesus taught us what it was to be a student of the Word of God. That we're able to use the Word of God in times of difficulty. Time. That we're able, Father God, to, to use the badge of honor towards our Father, towards our children and our communities of God. Because we understand that honor is the reflection of love. We understand, oh God, that being a student of prayer, and a disciple of prayer, O oh God, guards the issues of our hearts and our lives, O oh God. Gives us the ability to bring them before you that we're able to be bold. We're able to understand that you will hear our calling and suffering. Father, we thank you that love, that kind of thing that If you want to be saved, again, you simply just want to join the watcher, Then you just simply tap that connect, i you see, i connection connect with We love you. We appreciate you. What do I need to do? Just simply you accept it in Just simply say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm not going to abbreviate you this today, but I, I want to be saved. I want to become a student. I, I, want to, I want to try all the times in my life so much. And I'm never going to be without you another day in my life. I love you. I appreciate you. It's what we do. We create those other moments. with are broken. we hurting people. I'll restore back to the right to place of God. You've had a moment. You've probably missed a moment of giving away today. I want you to simply give your time and offering your receive today. You can see the lips. We love you. We appreciate you. We're praying for you. Come on, say me. Your life matters. Jesus' name. And worship you all the time of the church. I love you.